0: independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson
1: breaking news Uh, paul pelosi husband of uh, nancy pelosi was violently assaulted in their uh lean to in san francisco oh excuse me their mansion uh no word on who what when how and why uh this happened could it have been politically motivated absolutely could it have been a homeless person absolutely Excuse me, unhoused. Sorry, sorry. Could it have been an early trick-or-treater? Maybe. Could it have been Tucker Carlson? Possibly. Could it have been none of those things? Yes. Maybe he owed somebody money. I don't know. But definitely something to uh, keep an eye out and watch the political banter go back and forth. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's like if it's because, you know, everybody wants to find out who is so they can run to their Twitter and say, oh my God, it's a right-wing lunatic that was, uh, was all Tucker Carlson's fault. Just pushed him. Or they're like, ah, good. Look at this here. Welcome to the world of the crime that you created in in San Francisco and California. Oh, it's a possibility as well. It's a possibility as well, Mr. Mr. Chad. Hey, we're 11 days away from the madness coming to somewhat of an end. Maybe. I don't. I just feel like this is because we campaign all the time now, and it's just never ending. And the minute this is over, people are going to wake up on Wednesday morning, and the campaigns that are thinking about, you know, you're going to start to hear this word, th- this phrase, exploratory, exploratory commission. I'm putting together some people that are going to uh, get a handle on whether or not I should run, not me, but I should run for president. We're exploring our options. That's what you're going to start to hear Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on top of lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, which is horrible, but that's that's it. That's what you got. So everybody's making their final pitches out there, trying to, you know, hey, uh, go. Look, you should vote for us because we suck less than the other guy. Which I wish they were just honest and say that. Hey, vote for us. We suck less than them. That's kind of really what it's all about for the Democrats. They're trying to well, they've tried to ride this uh, abortion. It's it's not happening. They're trying to to ride this abortion thing into something uh, that is is. Going to turn this into a win for them or at least hold serve in some of the areas they know they've lost the house. I think they're pretty much settled on the fact that, yeah, we're not winning this thing. But when it comes to the Senate, they're still hopeful. Although yesterday, Schumer's like, yeah, we're all going downhill here. You know, and then afterwards, you know, because he's caught on a hot mic, it's hard to hear. But afterwards, he's like,
2: I told the president we were doing well across the board. We're going to we're going to keep the Senate.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't really think so. I think now that we're starting to see some of these numbers and the numbers that are coming out, I think, should scare the Democrats big time. And, and, and they're not a good look. First of all, let's talk about what they might do in Pennsylvania. Here's what I think will happen if, if Fetterman wins. He's going to step down almost immediately. His wife is going to be the the person that will be running the show, which she already is anyways. And she's got great ideas. She's phenomenal. Listen to this one. This is fantastic.
0: And while we did not want the mansion, that man- so
1: they offered her a mansion, you know, for being the uh, secretary. I don't know. What is he? He's the lieutenant governor. We don't have a lieutenant. We have a secretary of state here that's second in charge. They have a lieutenant governor in uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, she was on some show the other day uh, talking about they offered them a mansion. Well, if it was her, if it was his parents, they would have took it. But the state did. But this is what she wanted to do with the pool.
0: And while we did not want the mansion, that mansion came with the pool and the pool I wanted. The pool, make it a public pool, turn it into the people's pool and ensure that um, young people across Pennsylvania could learn how to swim and learn water safety and kind of work to right some of the wrongs. You know, historically, swimming in America is it's very racist.
1: Excuse me. Swimming's racist. How is swimming racist? I'm just curious. How is swimming racist I'm, I'm I'm serious I think it's a fair question Now maybe access to a pool in the inner city that, that's a that's a different story but swimming itself is not racist <laughs> I don't know I don't know where you got that from she's the one that's pushing she I think she wants the gig more than he does I think he enjoyed being a guy who did nothing and mom and dad allowed him to do nothing. I think she has more of the want than he does oh wow. But the numbers now are pointing to, after the first real numbers have come out after that debacle debate the other night, he's now losing to Oz. Yeah. Oz up three. J.D. Vance up two. Uh, it's going to be close in Nevada. Uh, Georgia has essentially, uh, it's a pick em. Some polls have, uh, you know, Warnock up a few, and some of them have them down as many as five. Here in Arizona, it is almost a dead heat with Kelly and the the likes of, uh, you know, M- Masters. So it's across the board there's this chance to have a Senate that stays in the blue side or jumps to the red side. Or I, I don't know because it's weird. I know like here in Arizona, you can feel it. The swell of the red side of it is growing. Big time. The momentum is there, and part of that is because of poor campaigning. I'd, I I have never seen in my life of of doing not only this but loving politics even as a kid. I have never seen more campaigns be this awful than I have this year. Whether it was the way that they vetted them or they're getting advice from people who're like, don't debate, don't do this, don't go out there, just tweet. I, I don't know what it is. It, it's sad. So we've got to adjust a little bit. 11 more days, and then we can get on with our lives of lawsuits. 323 2, 3, 2423 At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet. as text the program. This, to me, is interesting because I find it more interesting. Guess what happened yesterday? Oh, well, as he said, the bird is free.
2: After initially trying to buy Twitter in April... He said he plans to change the platform's moderation policies, eliminate spam and be more transparent on how algorithms promote content. Musk hinting of a new era of Twitter earlier this week, tweeting a video of himself walking into the building with a sink with the caption, entering Twitter HQ. Let that sink in.
1: Oh, we did. And uh, he wasted zero
2: time. Zero, the hatchet man. Musk wasted no time hatchet. shaking things up. His first order of business was to fire several top executives, including the CEO and CFO. Then, of course, he tweeted, saying, The bird is freed. In a separate statement whoa, tweeted whoa. to advertisers, Musk says he acquired the company to have a common digital town square, but adding, Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences.
1: Yeah, which is, and that's what it really is. And when I see the left out there, we're going to get off Twitter. We're get, No, you're not. You have nowhere to go. You're not going to Parlor, right? Because that's owned by, it was Kanye Pop Parler, right? <laughs> I think he gave everybody a pair of Yeezys. So like, that's fine. Uh, and you're not going to go to Truth Social. Are you just going to live on TikTok? No, you're not going to do that. Because you like the other blue checkmark people. So you'll get off it for an hour. But then you'll realize with it more open... You're going to have more of an opportunity to rant and rave. And, of course, the question, if and it's the elephant in the room, literally, when you think about it. Uh, will he allow Trump back on? Will Trump even come back on? Because Trump has truth social. i I don't know. I think he's going to. Alex Jones is another one they've talked about. I don't know how that works itself out. But I love it. Why? Because I'm a big free speech guy. He doesn't... Like, not advocating violence. If you're doing that, you're an idiot. But this is really about being able to have a conversation in the town square, as he likes to call it. And I love that. Let's have the t- conversations in town square. Let's talk about stuff. We don't do that anymore. We come at everything from a, you know, the cackles are up, the claws are out, we're we're ready to attack. And if we don't like something we see, Rather than either scroll by it or say, you know what, I you know, I kindly disagree with you. It's F you and then complain. And that's not going anywhere because one of the other people he fired, right, because people are still going to complain, but who to? One of the people he fired and one of the major people was their legacy and safety officer who essentially was the person who made the big decisions on the likes of Trump and, and, you know, all the other people that were offensive. They're going to be, he's, they're gone now. They're gone. And I'm sure they walked away with a hefty paycheck. He's supposed to have a town hall today. People are going to freak out. Oh my Lord. Oh my God, what are you going to do? Oh my God, oh my
3: God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do?
1: (sighs) You think he walked right into all of them and said, "Get that, pack your crap, get the hell out of here. I don't think he did that. I think they knew what was coming. They were probably negotiating this for, for a while. So uh, the town square is open for business. Don't be an a-hole. I think it's that simple. That's what he should have tweeted. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Got some triple-demic today. We got number two on your scurry list. Uh, plus, you watch a lot of news and you do it all day, it's bad for you. So don't do it. And the question that asked every year at this time, should we trick or treat on the last Saturday of the month? That's a good question. 323-538-2423 3, 3, 3, at Chad Benson Show, Twitter, tweet at us, text the program, ruffgreens.com. Uh, you go there. So roughgreens.com slash Chad. You go there right now, you're a free bag of rough greens. Rough greens has vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega 36, 9, all this incredible stuff. Chad, what is it? Sounds great. It's not for you, it's for your dog. It's going to help them with the things that ail them. It's going to make them healthier. It's going to make them happier. It's going to give them more energy. It's going to take away their aches and pains. It is awesome. Canine Vita Smart is incredible. I've been giving it to my dogs for quite a long time, and I recommend it to everybody who's got a dog. Just try it. You will not be disappointed. Dr. Dennis Black took a recorder century of being a naturopathic doctor. You know, putting these formulas together, and they work. He wants you to try it for free just to get an understanding that, hey, this does work. You will see marked difference fast. Right now, get a bag free by going to slash Chad Roughgreens.comslash Chad slash Chad Chad Betsy Show.
0: Welcome to to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show.
4: You referred to the
1: midterm election as a choice rather than a referendum. That's right. Given record inflation, why should voters choose Democrat?
5: Because it's not record inflation anymore. I'm bringing it down. Look what we inherited. I inherited 6.5% unemployment. It's down to 3.5%. We, have, we lost about 600. We lost hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs. I've, we've created over 600,000, 700,000 manufacturing jobs. Things are moving. As that report showed, that you have people who are now. In a position where the combination of pay raises and job security, they're now in a better off even with inflation than they were before it.
1: Yeah. He also said that uh, what $5 gas when he got in office. I'm like, what? Six and a half percent unemployment. What was going on when he was was there a pandemic and everybody was told to stay home and the most populous states pretty much just shut everything. Oh, yeah, there was that. That was going on. So maybe that made a little bit higher than it should have. And so you creating jobs that were already there, but then they were told they couldn't have those jobs because of the pandemic. Well, that's true. And inflation is high. Numbers are coming out. Inflation is still stubbornly high, kids, stubbornly high. People look at that and they remember that. And the other thing is, it with they're going to raise rates again. It's coming. Be prepared. It's coming. What's that do? It hurts the marketplace across the board because it's not just about the home buyer, which is, which is absolutely a huge part of it, but it's also about medium and small sized businesses that live on credit lines. That's how they do business. So, you know, you'll send an invoice out, you know, maybe it's 60, 90 days before you get paid. But you got to pay your employees, you need to buy some equipment. What do you do? You have a credit line. That money comes in, you're paying it off. Those rates go up, you may not buy that piece of equipment that you need, or you may make to make a difficult choice that hey, you know what? We're going to have to let somebody go or we're not going to hire or expand anymore. And then yes, the housing
6: market. A big drag, the housing market, which was one
1: Everything is about drag nowadays.
6: A big drag the housing market, which was once a pillar of our economy, now getting crushed by higher interest rates. We now have the 30-year mortgage rate at 6.94%. That's the highest we've seen in over 20 years. New home sales, existing home sales, all coming down. And we're seeing that home prices are starting to fall in different pockets of the country. But it means a lot to the economy when the housing market is strong, and it's not right now.
1: Yeah. And one of the things people are doing is they've been saving up, right? And you've had historically low interest rates for such a long time now that we've got used to it. So where, you know, I've talked about this before, my mother was stoked. She got like 10.5% on her interest rate in like 86 or something like that when she bought the house that they have now. Uh, that's was, you know, it used to be so much higher and people would still be, oh, that's yeah, great. It's the affordability, not such much of the house anymore, it's the payment. So you may be saving up for a house that you really like, and the pay, the, the house itself, price-wise, is coming down. The area of what you thought you were going to live, and 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 you're like, that's exciting, except for now your payment has doubled. And you weren't counting on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, they want to choke it out. It's like the movie Flatliners, right? They want to give you, they want to give it just enough death and then reshock it and bring it back. That's what they hope for. 538 Chad. 538 Chad. Following the story of Nancy Pelosi's husband Paul Pelosi, who uh, was attacked in his home. Uh, no word on who the perpetrator was. They have them in custody, and I'm sure everybody's waiting. Was it Tucker Carlson or somebody like him? Uh, I'm just kidding about the Tucker thing. But was it a right wing nut? Or was it a homeless person? Excuse me, an unhoused person who we should be sympathetic towards? Chad Benson Show.
7: The Chad Benson Show.
0: and thoughts independent life this is chad benson uh, a few days away from the halloween oh. love
3: halloween
1: if you guys could see me now i have a uh, uh i call it my dress shirt <laughs> it's, a, it's the beauty of radio it is a button-up shirt it's got a silky smooth feel, and it is pumpkins everywhere. It's yesterday I had a shirt you can check it out on Instagram and everything, and on, on Twitter at Chad Benson Show. Uh, it was very. It's got boo all over. I love the holidays. It's fantastic, and uh, I'm actually you know doing my show, but I'm taking Monday afternoon off. The, you know because I'm hanging out with my family because that's more important. You know that that guy yesterday that we talked about that who went viral the the coal miner. It was, you know, it's, it, family is so important. It's 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 awesome being able to do things and make memories. I was saying yesterday to people around here because they were asking questions about, do you remember a time when your mom or dad did something like that? I said, you know, my dad used to take me to opening today all the time. Uh, my dad was in uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball team before he had all of his troubles and in, you know uh, that came came with his life and eventually dying of a heart attack after really ODing on drugs. Uh, the reality is, though, my mom did a lot. I remember her taking me to see a soccer game one time. And it was to this day, it's a memory that is indelibly burned in my brain, which I was probably eight, maybe. And, uh, you know, we didn't have any money. My mother scraped together all the money she had, she got enough money for tickets. And we paid in change to get our hot dog and a drink. And uh, it was, and she bought me a pennant, you know, like those old pennants that you see in sports of uh, the uh, California Surf and the, I think it was the Tulsa Drillers. It was the NASL. I loved it. To this day, I still remember that. And I remember taking Jack to his first ever movie. Picked him up from school. It was a Friday, kind of like a day like today. Picked him up from school. He had no idea. He was almost four, still in kind of like a preschool thing. He's like, Daddy, what are you doing here? I said, we're going to go see a movie, bud. He goes, no way. You know, it was like, oh. And we went to the matinee, went and saw Turbo. And he had to sit in the front, right? A little theater. So we sat in the front, and he had a big... Gi- you want to, I said, we're doing the whole thing. So we have popcorn, the whole night. And the, the, the drink was huge, and the popcorn was the same size as him. Memories. And it, it's interesting. You know, it's like it, that, that's a big thing. And that's, that's a such a, you can't, you can buy people things, but I'm like big on experiential things. I like those kind of things. And that brings me to the, to the debate that a lot of people are having, which is, Saturday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. no. How about just a Saturday for trick-or-treating for a lot of reasons? One of them is safety for some people uh, because the reality is it's a deadly day in America for pedestrians.
6: Cincinnati is exploring the option of moving Halloween festivities to a weekend during early evening hours to improve safety for pedestrians and drivers. Supporters say it would also allow more working parents to participate. And safety is a legitimate concern. One study found pedestrian fatalities are 43% higher on Halloween. And decades of data shows pedestrians between four and eight years old see a tenfold increase in fatalities on Halloween night.
1: Which is massive. Uh, And a reminder, that their little ones are out there. But the Saturday thing is interesting from also a perspective of parents. You know, I don't want to rush home and get home at seven and miss a lot of the fun. I mean... Charlie and I have our little day planned out. So my daughter, who's four, we've got her planned out. We're going to go. And after I do all my stuff, I got some voiceover stuff. To do, we're going to go to the golf course. And they let you trick-or-treat around. They got, And we're I'm dressing up in my little golf, um, not as a golfer, but I'm going to wear my mad clown outfit. She's going to dress up as a crazy doll. She likes it. And we're going to feed the ducks and do that stuff. Those are memories. And I get to take her trick-or-treating at night. And this is kind of, she's, last year she kind of got it. You know, two, she gets a little bit. Three, and she gets it this year. She's practicing.
6: It, it's awesome. In 1999, the editor of the Farmer's Almanac pushed for moving Halloween to Saturday. And the Halloween and Costume Association launched a petition to establish a national trick-or-treat day on the last Saturday of October, saying it would promote safety. About 160,000 people have signed the petition.
1: I don't think it's a bad idea. You know, uh, I don't. I, I I think, it, you know, Friday and Saturday, because not only that, the kids get to stay up later, right? You're not rushing as far as work goes. Uh, you get home, you can hang out with your kids. And if and if Halloween's like this year on a Monday night, does it mean you still don't have a little party or, or enjoy yourself a little bit more? Whatever it is, enjoy and vibe in the festivities and watch scary movies. But you're not like, because the next day the kids got to go to school. They're going to hopefully be out late.
0: We did hear from a lot of people um that they want to see it moved, especially seeing other communities make this move as well.
6: We want utmost safety. But I think we need to do other things to facilitate that specific day and time in which kids actually want to go trick or treating instead of the weekend before. Yeah. And I but I think if you if you set it up right, it's
1: not a problem. Trust me, telling kids, hey, get you guys wanna go out and have a bunch of uh, strangers hand you candy and mom and dad not be pissed about it. Yeah. We fire up the old barbecue, bunch of hot dogs, and if, yeah, you want beer, you want a hot, you know those kinds. It's it's a good time. I just I love it. I think it's a good idea, and I'm a very much a traditionalist, but at the same time, I have zero problems with this. Zero problems. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter or tweet at us. Text the program as well. Uh, Breaking news, if you guys haven't heard.
7: Paul Pelosi was at home early this morning, according to Nancy Pelosi's office, when somebody broke into their home and violently assaulted Paul Pelosi. The speaker was not at home overnight. Pelosi's spokesperson saying the suspect is in custody and the motivation for the attack isn't known yet. Paul Pelosi is 81 years old. He was taken to a hospital. He is expected to make a full recovery. He was last in the news in August when he pleaded guilty to a DUI and was given five days in jail.
1: So uh, uh he's fine though more and more stuff's coming out and people are gonna figure out okay what is it because that's what we do now right it's a 24 hour news cycle that is now boiled down to 24 minutes at a time. But if there's something that you can rush out there and and the the let's find out who is they have a Facebook page they have a you know is this person strictly a, a, a political junkie which is not good for you by the way, we'll talk about that in a second but or was this person who is? A homeless person. Or a random burglar. Or who knows. But even here, over the last couple of days, we had a break-in at the Democratic headquarters for Katie Hobbs, who is running against Kerry Lake to be governor. And she intimated that, you know, Hobbs had, uh, that Kerry Lake kind of had something to do with it because of her rhetoric and a bunch of other people's rhetoric, well, it found out it was a dude who was homeless and he took an Apple keyboard, mouse, and a camera. But a lot of people like kind of, Oh yeah, yeah. This could be politically motivated. We never know until we know, but people will spin it. And there's politics here too. Well, if it is a crazy right winger, there's politics. If it is a homeless person, or somebody who is uh, just a run of the mill criminal if you will and or somebody who got out on no cash bail there's the politics there oh yeah And me saw that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we keep you informed kids we do 323 538 2423 at chad benson show that's your twitter your instagram i want to tell you guys you better watch out because there's something nasty going on out there and it's the tri demic the triple demic Sounds like something we're
7: skating. Oh, look at him. Triple Demic. Fantastic. Texas is among five states where pediatric hospital beds are topping 90% capacity. Another nine states are above 80%, the highest levels seen in two years, as a wave of respiratory viruses hits children hard.
0: It's really kind of a perfect storm of all of these germs coming together at once instead of their normal, organized, seasonal pattern.
7: A growing number of hospitals warning of the strain. The ER at Seattle Children's running at 200% capacity, and some kids are getting infected with more more than one virus so earlier i
1: said the phrase exploratory uh, exploratory commission which is you know uh that they're putting together for for the presidential runs that these people are going to make you're going to be hearing that you're going to hear this a lot immunity gap being in our houses a lot of people in particular children kept away from their friends they're germ spreaders that's what they are they're a petri dish which keeps our immune systems going well, guess what happened? When you cut that off from people, when you reintroduce it, your you know your your fighting cells, ah, uh, you know, they're a little out of shape, not in the not the way they used to be, right? They're they're not Floyd Mayweather right now. They're a little bit bigger, right? The you know they've come in a little bit heavier, not as quick. So the immunity gap, is what they're talking about, and so now you've got this perfect storm of. And I'm going to take when it comes to kids, I'm taking COVID out. We're moving that away, but the flu, which is particularly nasty, and uh, this this RSV, which is hitting kids harder And it is. My uh, stepkids' school and my daughter's school, they uh, they were closed the last two days because the vast majority of the kids are six. It's not a big school. Like the teachers, most of them gone. They, it's, they so they closed for a couple of days. I was like, well, a ton of people around here, sick. It's it's out there. But the immunity gap, just like with the education thing that we saw, right? Uh, but here, and look at the red states that were open, and look at the blue states that are getting hit the hardest with some of these things. Just like the red states that were open for schools, their numbers didn't fall as much as the kids who were at home for the year and a half- well, they tried to get the schools reopened immunity gap and education gap. <laughs> what did I read today the uh, shouldn't laugh about this the it was about four four to six months loss on reading and about eight month loss on math for the kids who were continually at school even though there were breaks here and there because of the pandemic more than double that for the kids that were home for the entire pandemic. And I know it's the pandemic's fault, except for the part where it's, no, it wasn't. It was the lockdown's fault. 323-538-2423 3, 3, 3, at Chad Benson show. shoot Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. All right, coming on up. Have a little fun. We like to do that. It is our countdown. Top 10 horror movie countdown. Uh, we're counting down from 10 to one. One will be Monday, which will be Halloween. Uh, but we've got number two today. We're going to break it down. A movie that had a budget of a whopping $15,000 and yet scared the bejesus out of a lot of people, including me, and has spawned uh, several sequels. We'll talk about that straight ahead. Raycon, best Here earbuds around. You will love your Raycons. Get them now. Priced right. Why? Because they're always inexpensive, yet they provide sound quality that other premium audio brands, tough to match, right? Tough to match, especially with the fit. And that's, to me, what separates Raycons from everybody else is that fit. Incredible, comfortable. You can wear them all day. The everyday earbuds have three different sound modes. You will love these. And they're half the price of other premium audio brands. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life. You're going to absolutely go, wow, I can put these things through the ringer, and I I love them. You will. So right now, why don't you get yourself some Raycons. Perfect Christmas gifts. They're they're charged straight out of the box. They are sleek, cool, comfortable. Yeah. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Get yours now. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Save an extra 15%. They start well under $100 already. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show.
6: be free i am not a terrorist i am not antifa i am not a sex slave that wears masks <gasps> don't be a cutie pie
0: probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and
5: sassy you're running my life no, you haven't seen anything yet
0: you're listening to the chad benson show
5: you just can't let them go go stay on the road keep clear of the moors beware the moonlets
0: whatever you do don't fall asleep
5: what an excellent day for an exorcism i am hi i'm chucky wanna play i met this six-year-old child
0: with this blank pale emotionless face and
6: the
3: blackest eyes Devil. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh?
1: It is Halloween. We're down the best horror movies, top 10, as voted on by myself. You may have a different list. If we missed something on it, make sure you text us 323 538 at Chad Benson Show. That is your Twitter. Today, we're going to talk about a little ditty, not about Jack and Diane. Filmed in a house in San Diego, California, over a, well, the, the film was made, edited, re-edited, redone. Fifteen grand is what it cost. Orin Pelley put it together. It was his house they used. Uh, he wrote it, produced it, directed it, except for the part where there wasn't really any writing. They kind of ad-libbed a lot of it. But it spawned something
5: crazy
1: and huge. And I remember my uncle saw a sneak preview of it, because the way they marketed it was also genius. But he said to me, baby powder and a string are going to scare the crap out of you. And I said, really? I can't wait to see it. It finally got to all the theaters. And by then, the buzz was huge about a foundish footage film called Paranormal Activity.
5: Hi, deaf camera. On my girlfriend, Katie, she thinks there's something in the house, I don't know. You believe me, right? I think we're going to have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. I feel it breathing on me. So footsteps in, but there's no footsteps out. Oh, God. Oh, God.
4: If you do try to play games with it, that's inviting it in. Loved
1: it. The screaming you heard in the middle of it is the actual people watching the movie. The trailer never showed any of the movie. It showed people reacting to the fright and the freakiness of it. It was released slowly but surely with a $250,000 media budget given to them by Steven Spielberg, who had bought the movie and was going to redo it but didn't want to change anything. And lo and behold, it grossed almost $200 million. $200 million. Paranormal activity, scary, scary, scary. Maybe the scariest the movie of these top tens, but number one is the ultimate horror movie, and that will come on Halloween Monday. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. Check out the Chad Benson Show on Facebook as well. It's the Chad Benson Show.
0: This is the Chad Benson Show. independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: 11 days away till the big day, which I call pre-lawsuit day, or you could call it midterms. That's the way I feel. I feel like there's going to be lawsuits. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, We're going to get deep into it at the bottom of the hour, buddy. uh, uh, Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research, is going to join us to talk about that. He's broken down... The real Senate races and and the sway that they're going and and done a deeper dive, uh, which is good because, uh, you know, I I cover a lot of stuff. And sometimes you need that outside kind of feel of like, okay what's it, you know, because there's so many damn polls out there. I'm always curious. Again, the polls are they've always fascinated me. You mean the country? No, I'm not talking about the country. I'm talking about the people, the polling places when they they call you up and they ask you questions because it's to me it's always been very fascinating where you can be so wrong and yes buyers are liars i mean house used to say it on the show all the time everybody's lying and it's that same kind of thing you know it's like that's why polling now i think is so much harder than ever before because people want to give you it doesn't matter what it is they want to give you an answer that pleases you and I know that sounds weird, but it's one of the reasons that people who turn on other people, you know, you know, first one in gets the best and maybe the only deal is a lot of times that stuff gets just destroyed in court and they embellish because why they want to please their handlers, as they like to say, it's the same thing. We, we live in a world of, of, of appeasement. Does everybody like me? And so some of these polls, like one day it's like, you're up you know you're up 11 and then you're down 27 And you're like i don't really know if that's a good poll that's uh that's that's an honest poll i talk to everybody i know and they all like me <laughs> kind of thing it's like that's yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see it's we're really not going to know anything uh even by early voting standards and that's the other thing too the way that we do voting now which is uh in some places is willy-nilly that's why right, two thousand mules and in other places, it's a little bit more, you know, of what we think is traditional. But the way that they go about counting, it's like, uh, you know, we have already talking about the fact that there's, you know, the hand counts are going to come in later. Can, You know, if you're if you're Republican in certain areas and you're up, if you're down by three to five percent and your district start to come in, you got a good chance of winning. You know, if they're up by 12 or 14, you probably don't. And if if it's even, you're leaving, as they like to say. If I'm even, I'm leaving, meaning they're going to just blow you away. But it's so, I, I it's all over the place. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Uh, the other big news today, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband attacked in his house. So Paul Pelosi is the husband of the Speaker. Nancy Pelosi, also a really good investor because of, you know, the cheating.
6: It's not very nice. Jess. He is okay, and we've been told he is receiving great treatment at a nearby hospital. But right now, we are outside of the Pelosi residence here in San Francisco. This is causing a very large police scene. As we were driving in, we saw an entire block taped off.
1: A whole block taped off. I like listen to the beginning of this.
6: He is okay, and we've been told he is receiving great treatment. At-
1: what if you're just a regular person? Oh, they kick you in the balls. <laughs> I don't like, aren't you giving great treatment to everybody? We take the temperature of the room. Like this person's important. We better do well. Like I was going to give this guy fair to Midland, but it's Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. I'm giving that guy great treatment. What about the guy over there? He's going to get D treatment. He's got a gunshot wound. I think we're going to go old school Western and try to dig it out right here. And I'm going to throw a Band-Aid on it. We'll send him on his way. (laughs) A little Tylenol. But he's getting great treatment. Was it something political? Was it something nefarious? Was it a person that was uh, homeless? Was it a person that's a run-of-the-mill burglar? We don't know. We don't know. But we're going to sit around all day and try to figure it out. And oh, my goodness, that is not good for you and your health. New study about your health and watching news all day.
3: This just in, obsessively watching the news can make you mentally and physically sick. <laughs> no argument here. Especially with all this cable news now, the 24-7 news cycle wasn't meant to be watched all day, folks. It was so you could dip in and catch what's up. Wow, that sure changed. Researchers at Texas Tech University found that Americans who obsessively follow the news are more likely to suffer from both physical and mental health problems, including anxiety and stress. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know how people do it. When I leave in the morning, uh, I I'm up early, as you guys know, and it's about in between. I use, I try to leave between two thirty and three, depending on how much stuff I did the night before. So, like today, I left at two like forty. Every day I leave, when I turn left to go out of my uh, you know the the housing area that I live in, there is a house that has. Fox News on because it's got this giant window you can see in there and they've got Fox News on. I'll come home at seven o'clock at night. They have Fox News on that can't be good for you. That cannot be good for you. I read a lot more than I watch the news because I'd rather learn it that way. Not that I don't watch some of it, especially if something huge is breaking. I'll go to CNN, especially now, because I think CNN's doing the best job for the breaking news and stuff, and they're trying to get away from and actually be journalist again. But the inundation of, of doom watching, because that's what it is. We doom scroll. That's what the algorithms have us set up for. Because anger and fear sell better than uh, happiness, funny, and positivity. It's just easier. That's why, w- w- look at the way we vote. We How many people vote for somebody they really like? Not much. I mean, every you know cycle you'll have one or two people, I really like this person. But by and large, it's the other person is more terrifying and we suck a little less than him or her. So go with it. So that's how we run everything. And the doom watching and doom scrolling is real. And it's not good for you.
3: Those who constantly check the latest headlines end up with significantly greater physical ill-being than those who tune in less. Constantly keeping on top of the latest developments can lead to a vicious cycle where people always check for more updates. Researchers say people who obsess over news tend to let it start interfering with their personal lives, leaving them feeling powerless and distressed about global events yeah
1: you know it's it's if if that's what you hyper focus on all day you know and you watch something where it 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 gins you up if you will it gets you it makes you you can't stand the other side or you know it's it's you watch you only watch stuff about how horrible the 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 world is going to be in the future because of global warming it's it's not a healthy way to live you need to take a step take a step back watch a little tv that's not that read a little bit go for a walk but i find especially with older people in particular they will watch the same channel all the- i mean they're at the point now where you you have you ever watched something and you're really into it and uh like we we started watching something a couple weeks ago uh it was called the serpent queen great great show loved it and It's only got six episodes, It's the first season. So we just let it roll all the way through there about 55 minutes. And, you know, it was a weekend. We were just chilling. And about the fourth episode, the TV wants to shut itself off because there's been no activity. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We want to watch this. That's the kind of thing. Those people will sit there and watch that all. That's not good for your health at all.
3: Leaving the idiot box on all day or... Constantly refreshing your favorite site is not good for your brain. Study authors found 16.5% of participants in their experiment showed signs of severely problematic news consumption. That meant they often became so immersed and personally invested in news stories that current events dominated their thoughts, disrupted time with family and friends, and made it difficult to focus on school or work, and yeah. contributed to restlessness and and inability to sleep yeah that's not
1: good not good at all that's not good at all. it's not good for you take a walk do something and everybody assumes because i i'm in this business you know uh that that's all i fo- i don't watch the news i don't watch fox i don't watch cnn i don't watch MSNBC. It, you know on when i'm in the other studio doing th- my other show the local show there's like five tvs in there they're always on I never watch, like, I don't even know who, for We first of all, we can't hear them, obviously, but they're always on, just in case. We have one that's local, that usually have the local news on, which, you know, we, we hyper-focus local. I tend to watch, when I'm on the air, they have, they have like three episodes back-to-back of Shark Tank, and if I'm sitting there, you know, in between breaks, I will watch that, because I'm always laughing at Shark Tank. Okay, I'll tell you why. <laughs> have you ever watched Shark Tank, Phil? No, I never have. It's fun to watch and, you know, you'll see it because the reruns, some of them, you're like, oh, I wonder how this company did. Uh, but <laughs> every time I see it, it's usually a smoking hot chick and, you know, her husband's like a big investment banker. Who's like, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Go start a company. I got other things going on. <laughs> I just want to golf with the guys. Go make candles or whatever you're doing. And then you got the wackadoodle guys who's like, this is great. What is it? It's a salt and pepper shaker that turns into a buoy. Oh, my Lord. I love that show. Actually, we're going to talk to uh, uh, a guy later today on the show uh, who's the creator of the Tuttle Twins. Not the book itself, but the cartoon series. And his advertising firm is behind the Squatty Potty, which was, I think, the most successful thing they've done on Shark Tank. If I'm right. One of the two. That's pretty huge. Pretty huge, kids. 323 5, 3, 538 at Ched Benson shows your Twitter coming up. We're going to do a little watch trending. Uh, before we do that, though, kids, I would like to tell you about my friends over at Rough Greens. Dr. Dennis Black, uh, a naturopathic doctor for over a quarter of a century. He was also a Vietnam era vet, who was a decorated helicopter pilot, a green beret guy who has done a lot of different things, but he got into natural pathic uh, ways uh, after he got sick. He had cancer, fought it off one. And one of the other things he loved was animals. And so he started Formulated, and he put Canine VitaSmart together with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and Mega369 to make sure your dogs were healthy and happy. And to start them off right, and if they were later in life, to keep them going. And that's what they do. It's going to help with joint pain. It's going to help with energy, their skin. It is amazing. Right now, he wants you to try it for free. For free. Not going to cost you a thing. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. That's it. So you're going to get a whole bag free. You try it, you sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. You don't have to do anything other than that. RuffGreens.com slash ruffgreenscom slash ChadRuffGreens.com slash Chad. What's trending? Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show.
0: Serving up talk radio medium rare and dripping with irony. It's Chad Benson.
1: Now it's time to find out
0: what's trending. What's trending?
6: Einstein, James Dean, Davey, Crocket, Peter Pan, Elvis, Freddie, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Kate and Grace, trouble in the
3: sewage. Norway, Oman,
8: Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname.
1: We Leon, Matt, Crash, Nat, plenty Bush, and Lester, France, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly, beef, boom. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending on the magical world of the Inter and the Net. Start over on Twitter. Elon's home. Number one trending thing right now. Paul Pelosi, husband of Speaker of the House, was attacked in their home today by a person with a hammer. Uh, He is uh, getting great treatment. Not just average, fair to midland treatment. Great treatment at a local hospital, said one reporter. Elon Musk trending as well. You think you'd make yourself trend just every day <laughs> it's like again i'm the number one trending thing i was talking to somebody the other day i said i think i'm at the point now where i think elon musk doesn't want to do all the things anymore this was his ultimate goal was to be a uh, an influencer <laughs> now he's done it it's like i guess i'll go to mars but that's a lot to do for influence yes it is national first responders day world series starts tonight trending on the old twitter Here's something for the World Series. Tonight, 50 years since this has happened, there are no black players playing in the World Series. Now, there are players who are, you know, from the Dominican, players of color and and who are black, but there's no U.S.-born black players in the World Series. I think the last time that happened was, I think, the year after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. It's crazy. Crazy. Head on over to uh, the Google. A uh, Number one trending thing on the Google, Tom Brady. So rumor has it, uh, it seems to get louder and louder, that Tom Brady had an ultimatum. And I think he has till today. I said yesterday, if they get blown out or lose, I have a feeling he may retire today. Because the ultimatum was retire or else. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Been wrong before. Be wrong again. Looks like the or else is she is going to file today in Florida, Giselle. So that means she's single. I'm just saying, fellas. Powerball trending big time. Eight hundred million dollars. Uh, wow! Look at look who else is trending. Elon even even today, even today, he is trending on other things he's making people angry. The uh, Donda Academy. Now, that was a Yeezy thing, a Yee. Uh, it was suddenly closed. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but Kanye Yee Yeezy West is having some issues. And uh, his academy, which was this kind of odd high school thing he had set up, uh, suddenly closed after all the insanity that's going on around him. And now parents are coming out, including one whose son was supposedly the number one ranked high school basketball player who his father said it was, you know, they, they wouldn't let him see his kid and all of these things. It's it's odd. It's odd, kids. It's absolutely three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty four, twenty three at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program coming up. We will get a little deeper into the politics thing. But you're going to want to hear this. My buddy, uh, Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research, is going to join said program. And in doing so, uh, we're going to talk about, yes, kids, uh, the races for Senate. When we last spoke to him, it was much closer in the House than it probably is right now. And on the other side of things, what looked like was going to be a holding serve for the Democrats may have started to slip away, and that momentum now is like you're you're trying to hold on to a train with your fingertips, and it's going downhill. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty-four, twenty-three. At Chad Benson Show Twitter, it's the Chad Benson Show.
7: Chad Benson show
0: Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. All right, boys and girls, friends
1: of Chad Benson Show, and much more. Joining the program now is uh, Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research. We're going to break down the midterms. He does it in a much more scientific way than me flipping coins, which, by the way, I don't think is always a bad idea uh, based on the what we get nowadays. But, uh, uh, Jim, uh, things have changed, and it feels like, and maybe I'm wrong, but even when I talk to people outside of here, which is a non-scientific poll, maybe the, 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 the red wave that a lot of people thought was going to be a trickle uh, and then they thought it was going to be a blue tsunami. Well, maybe it might be a red tsunami. Am I kind of getting that feeling? Well, yeah, we're 11 days
8: out, Chad. Thanks for having me on, by the way. And uh, yeah, it looks like it might be that, you know, again, polling is a, well, as a scientific thing, but as you said, flipping coins may be as accurate as, as you get sometimes, but yeah, and it all depends on what we're looking at. Um, but for the most part, yeah, the numbers that I've seen, have been moving towards the red side from the blue side. Earlier in the summer it was looking like a kind of a red wave. And then kind of as we got into early September, it kind of looked like that was gonna kind of fade to kind of maybe just a red, red medium tide. And it looked like the blue might be able to take some things back. They might be able to hold on to the Senate. But now it's looking like as we get closer and closer to it, we're down to, like I said, eleven days. And it's looking a lot more like a, a red wave. And the size of that wave could matter on many things, including voter turnout and who turns out, of course.
1: Absolutely. So let's start in Ohio. Uh we'll run through the, really the ones a lot of people paying attention to. Ohio. Uh, yeah. JD Vance, uh he he's been it's been pretty steady for him. It's, it's kinda gotten to somewhere between plus two to plus four, still within the margin of error, but it's not really budged a lot from there.
8: No, it is not. Uh, it's one of the Democrats have thrown a lot of money into. They were really confident that they were gonna be able to hold this seat, um, and that they were gonna be you know, that they're gonna be able to basically make Ohio a little more purple than it has been, has been fairly red state in the last few elections. But Vance is, like you said, about two, is about five points up in the latest poll. Um, it's, I mean, I mean, it's still a long way to go. And again, one thing I take into account in a lot of these states is early voting. So you get some of these votes that are cast. Now, there isn't, the debate was held a while ago, I believe, in this one. So it isn't going to be a factor in it like some of these other ones are going to talk about, we've had debates in the last week um, where it can really make a difference between what's happened with and with what happened with the early voting numbers. You'll see quite a bit of change in some of the uh, direction to these races based upon the one debate that, that some of them have had. So, yeah, uh, Vance is holding on. Um, you know, like I said, both sides are throwing a lot of money into it. But again, still within the margin of error.
1: Uh, we move from there as we're talking to Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research, get a little deeper in some of these things. Tuesday night was a debacle. I think everybody can understand that. John Fetterman, God bless him. I hope he gets well. Uh, take away the the stroke where, you know, it, nobody wants to see that. Uh, I, you know, here's a guy who was in his mid-40s before he had a job, and that job was a, a, you know, the job that the dog could have done as a, you know, ceremonial mayor for a small town. Uh, now he's lieutenant governor, wants to be a senator, and... He had that stroke, and a lot of people in Pennsylvania. has got a lot of swing voters. They kind of held back. To you know, the voting you know numbers aren't up up early, and I think people wanted to see if he could do anything. And man, for the first time, uh, it, it is uh it is no longer in his favor. And a lot of people thought that was a slam dunk.
8: Yeah, no, they thought he was, and yeah, absolutely, and and, and yeah, I, I agree. The same thing w- w- with Fetterman. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I wanted to get well, and, and and putting him out there when you know he's not going to do well, you you know what problems he's got with with the after effects of the stroke. It's just to me, it's just kind of mean to make to make him do this, the poor guy. I mean, yeah, he doesn't need to be embarrassed like this. Uh, but the last poll, the first poll after the debate, has uh, Oz up three points now, and but it's still pretty much a dead heat based upon the margin of errors in the polls and where we have been previous to this. Now again, this is an early voting state. Remember, they made this debate as late as they possibly could. They already have booked about 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. And from the and from the um, uh, numbers on the early return, 73% of those went to the Democrat and 19% to the uh, Republicans, not necessarily in this race, but just overall for the ballots to be cast. Those are the people that were casting the ballots. So this was a calculated effort to basically hold this debate as late as possible and to try to bank as many re- Democrat votes for Fetterman before they saw him as possible. Because those votes can't be, you know, can't be chained. They're, they're in the bank for the democrats so so how that's going to affect the outcome of this will be interesting sorry go ahead
1: you know what i was thinking too i said this earlier uh i believe that if he wins he is going to step down almost immediately Uh to get well and his wife is going to take the reins because i think she wants it more than he does and the good news is she can fight racism swimming (laughs) yeah she
8: uh seems to have been the driver uh, pushing him a lot more mis- maybe than than he necessarily has been interested in. Because he in it. doesn't
1: do anything, Jim. He didn't have a real job. His mom and dad yeah. sported forever. I don't think he wanted to have a real job. He liked making $150 a month being a pretend mayor of a pretend city. It's not pretend, it's real. You know what I mean. It's not. Yeah. It's the kind of place where your dog could win the election and everybody be like, oh yeah, he's doing a good job.
8: Yeah, it's it's like what? I believe the town's got like 6,000 people in it. That's... 1,700. Seventeen hundred. even even smaller than I thought. The fact they even have a mayor that gets paid is just kind of a joke. I mean, you yeah, know, I live in a town of uh, two hundred thousand that doesn't have a full time mayor. It's it, it's an elected mayor with a uh, you know w- with a city manager that runs the city. So they don't really need a mayor in a town of seventeen hundred. You know, other than just to call someone the leader of the town type of thing. So yeah, that's ridiculous. And even as attorney general or as um, lieutenant governor. I think he put in something like he was averaging 13 hours a week or something doing that job. Yeah. Because there really isn't much of a calling for the lieutenant governor. Just if the governor dies, be there. Or if the governor's out of state, you're the governor type of situation. So, yeah, he really hasn't done much. But you're right. He, I, I agree with that 100% on, on all of those counts. And that seems to be a Democratic trait. You seem to have this thing where if your husband can't do the job, the wife by default is supposed to inherit the position.
1: Yeah. That's what we don't have royalty here. Talking to Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research. Uh, quick to uh, Georgia, uh, no matter what they throw out of him, and I said it yesterday, based on the amount of women that are coming forward saying that, you know, uh, he paid for an abortion. He should have got a punch card uh, yesterday. Schumer's like, yeah, we're going downhill. I can't believe that this guy's going to win. I think that feels like that's going in a direction, almost feels like certain it's going to win. But I'm looking at Nevada, which has been very interesting because you have a lot of Latino voters that are, that are heading over to the Republican Party, is it enough to, to make the difference?
8: Yeah, I think it is. One thing you have to watch out, though, for in Nevada, uh, first of all, Cortez Mastro was considered to be the weakest Democrat running for re-election. So it's one of the ones that the Republicans were targeting. They're also, the governor's race may go to the Republicans also. And, the, and don't discount that, the ability to drag a governor across, uh, for a gubernatorial candidate to drag a senator across the uh, finish line Um, In a couple of states we'll talk about later on. Yeah, I think it can. Uh, Laxall is up about plus four with the average of the last few polls being in the margin of error. And uh, one thing you have to watch out though for in Las Vegas is going to be the unions, very strong influence, to see what they can do about dragging their members out to vote. And obviously the members vote Democrat. Though there are a number of Hispanic, you know, it is a large Hispanic population in that makes up the union membership, so that'll be interesting. Hispanics generally don't like woke, and they don't like late-term abortion. So yeah. those are democratic policies that will not play in their favor in Hispanic states. And we'll see that again later on. When we talk about the New Mexico uh, governor's race if we get there.
1: Now, let's head over to the governor's race. That's a good thing, because the surprise of all of this. Isn't Kerry Lake, uh, isn't even, I think, in New Mexico. It's the fact that I was 11 the last time that Oregon had a Republican governor. And it is a dead heat ish. I, I. I feel like the Republicans are going to win. I feel like Drayson's going to win.
8: Yeah, I think they're really working on it. Yeah, basically, just to give you some perspective, again, you were 11. Bob Packwood was a senator, which is kind of interesting considering you have three women running for governor. So they kind of really kind of, I don't know, it's some sort of a just justification for running Bob Packwood out of, out of the Senate back uh, 20 or 30-ish years ago when he did. But yeah, uh, Drayson, Kotek, and Johnson – Three way race. Johnson's independent is very well known. The sitting governor has got the lowest approval rating, who's a Democrat of any governor yeah. in America and kind of handed the job off the Kotech, thinking it would just kind of be a cakewalk for her. But Drazen has been very popular and is, like I said, is making a race out of it. the last poll. She's up plus two. And again, uh, this this may be a race. that's going to be won by anybody that gets over 40 percent because the independent Johnson is pulling at about 13 to 15 percent right now. So that'll split off a lot of votes. And she's a former Democrat. So, again, this is one where the Republicans may be able to pick up an R here because of a uh, uh, independent sucking Democrat uh, votes away from the uh, primary Democratic candidate. Well,
1: plus she used to be. I mean, John- Johnson's been both. She was a Republican. She's been a Democrat for a long time. But, you know, some of the things that's not being talked about, we should be talking about a little bit more is the fact that Phil Knight. Of Nike uh-huh. gave her $3 million, never met Drazen, gave her a million dollars a couple of weeks ago because he's like, look, my company may be essentially woke, but I have different ideas and beliefs. And it's it, I'm telling you, it's the crime and the homelessness that is driving this, because finally we figured out there is a line where people go, all right, we've had enough.
8: No, and you're seeing that coming up in, in, in some of the, the the California races, too, where you've got people that are uh, running in, dist- in, in the House districts where they shouldn't necessarily be competitive, but they are basically because of the crime problems become so bad. Um, Oregon votes by mail, and about 7.7% of the ballots have already been returned in that one. So they um, they were the first state to go 100%, um, uh, 100% mail-in ballots about, I think, about a decade ago, if I'm not mistaken. So, but, but yeah, yeah, Oregon's great. Um, like I said, New Mexico is a great one too. With 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 Luzon Grissom going against Runchetti, um, it's been now now now. Uh, uh, Suzanne Martinez, is a Republican, was the governor mm-hmm. there up to two thousand nineteen. But it's been pretty much a blue state as far as presidential elections and senatorial elections. Occasionally, the Republicans have put some good Hispanic candidates out there. And again, this is where you got to wonder about how much the Democratic politics meet Hispanic values as far as hardworking, middle class people don't like wokeness, don't like their kids being, you know, know, groomed in school and don't like late term abortion that the Democrats have been pushing, where that's going to come back and possibly bite them in this race. Never would have thought that we were talking about New Mexico governor's race about three weeks ago but uh but we are.
1: You know you, you speak about the the Hispanic voter. Uh, there was a poll out the other day that uh, they asked uh Latino voters Hispanic but what, what are, I mean you know, what would you prefer to be called? Latinx got 1%. Yeah, that's a media creation. That shows creation. you a huge idea of how they feel about a lot of this stuff.
8: Yeah, it's 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 a media creation to, to kind of be hip and cool and woke and yeah, I I've seen multiple polls like that where the Hispanics say you know, I had no idea what this is and this is not like some sort of thing that we used to call ourselves 70 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, so no, you, you're, you're just being crazy on it. Hey, one thing too is you might have the uh, candidate of the race down there in Arizona with oh, we uh, Ms. Carrie Lake.
1: Mm-hmm. We do. Uh, you know, Carrie's interesting. You know, we had the break in here on Monday nights and then, uh, Katie mm-hmm. Hobbs, who was running for governor. She is, uh, uh the secretary of state and she, kind of intimated that it was the rhetoric of Katie Hobbs that made this person do it only to find out that this person was just maybe homeless or, you know, and it was who knows he doesn't have, he's got some petty crime. They arrested him in jail because he would already <laughs> been picked up for a burglary earlier in wow. the day. And somebody recognized his picture. Uh, but you know, Carrie Lake, I, I think she's here two years if, if Trump runs and ends up getting, cause I think he's going to pick her to be his vice presidential candidate. Uh, wow! You know, I don't think the Santists will. I'm not quite sure, but no. I think uh, Trump would. I think he, what do he, I think, he loves her.
8: What do they, I mean, one of the things I was thinking about was Tulsi Gabbard for VP for Trump if he yeah.
1: runs. Yeah, no, I I think it would be her because she is, and it's funny people say is she is she Trump in a dress? Some people say no, she is Trump attitude, but with media savvy and understanding, Trump was great at building brands. She's great at understanding the media and playing it in a way that a lot of people wish they could play. Cause that's what she did for years. So, okay. Do the Republicans get the house back and more importantly to get the Senate back, you get the house back to get
8: the house back by this point, about 20 to 25 seats, majority looking at possibly like maybe two, uh, two thirty-five, 200, or maybe even a little bit more. And as far as the Senate, I would say the Senate is probably a plus one Republican right now, depending upon how the races shake out. Who knows what else they've got to throw at Walker down in down in Georgia. And we'll start seeing in a couple of days how much of the Fetterman debate is going to cost Pennsylvania, the Democrats Pennsylvania or not, whether they're going to be able yeah. to rally. There's lots of money. Also, look at New Hampshire's is, is, is a Senate race that's become a toss up? Um, the only problem is the Republicans were going to throw money into that one. But because of Walker's poor performance um, in Georgia, they've had to they've had to shift the money over to Georgia to back up. Well, Walker. They had to pay him
1: back for all his abortions.
8: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I love the <laughs> um, yeah, I love the uh, nine, nine, get the 10th free card. That would be wonderful. It's a great marketing idea that uh, that the abortion that the, that the family planning clinics can probably do or something. Uh, but yeah, me. but yeah, we've got so, lots of toss up races out there, too.
1: Good to have you on, as always, and we'll, we'll get you back on as we get closer to it. Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research. Thanks so much, brother. Have a good weekend. That was good. Thanks, Chad. At Chad Benson show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Everybody, you can sleep better at night knowing, yes, this country is doing what it does, which is argue and fight over politics, but also that you're sliding into the per-kale bedsheets. 250 thread count. Absolutely fantastic. You will love, love, love these. Normally, they are 90 bucks. Yours right now for 40 Deep discounts on the MyPillow slippers, which you're going to absolutely love. And you can wear them, indoor or outdoor. The MyPillow itself, the mattress topper. But 40 bucks for the percale, king-queen size, pillowcases, the whole nine yards. Get yours now and all the other great discounts by going to MyPillow.com slash Benson, MyPillow.com slash Benson, MyPillow.com slash Benson. Some NFL picks straight ahead and some news about Tom and Giselle. Chad Benson Show.
0: Reverence? Um, like, yeah. So what? It's the Chad Benson Show.
1: All right, let's take a peek. Find out what we got for this weekend in the NFL. I got your picks for you right here. Bet the house. And by that, I mean, don't actually do that. Took the Ravens last night. Ravens got a win. Broncos, Jags. I'm going Jags. I don't know why. A little sense. Take the Dolphins over the Lions. Uh, Panthers, Falcons. I'm going to go Falcons. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. There was a game two weeks ago. The Falcons ran the ball 17 times in a row, I think. Uh, take the Cards over the Vikings. I mean the Vikings over the Cards. Take the Vikings over the Cards. Cowboys are going to beat the Bears. Take the Raiders over the Saints. Take the Eagles over the Steelers. I hate to say this, Jets over the Patriots. (sighs) Texas Titans, take the Titans. Seahawks, Giants, Seahawks. I went Seahawks in that one. Take the Colts over the Commanders. Rams and 49ers. I'm going with the Rams on this one. Bills will beat the Packers. And then Monday night, take the Bengals over the Browns. Uh, And then take Giselle over Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they filed already, so it's a bummer. Bummer. I thought he would retire today. Especially if they, you know, he did it did not look good last night. I thought, oh man, what does that look like? What is their combined net worth? Uh man. I mean, it's gotta be close to eight hundred million, I would say. You know? So uh God, that's that's insane. She's worth four. He's worth almost three. So about $700 million. These guys all keep the things that you wanted. Go your separate ways. Oh, shame. Shame! Shame, Tom. Not as terrific as we thought. Should have stayed retired. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the programs to Chad Benson Show.
0: independent life this is chad benson 11 days
1: thank the lord thank the lord 11 more days of insanity before we get to the real stuff which is the lawsuits oh chad i i kind of feel that way i hope i pray we don't get into that insanity of lawsuit after lawsuit, but I just have a feeling there's going to be some lawsuits some places and that is going to be uncomfortable and annoying. And I feel like I'm sitting in the in the the maybe the epicenter of of it here in Arizona with Carrie Lake, uh, who's a flamethrower and, and you know, just ugh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope I pray, but you don't know. You doubt now. You don't. I maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's possible that that you know people lose. I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. What's the threshold? of Like, okay, if you're beaten by this much, you can't complain. So if you if you if you lose by say what ten points, seven points, right? You you can't if you're if you're down by hundred fifty thousand votes, and you, you can't complain. You can't. We got to have something. We got to have some. We have to have something in place. Some sort of rule of shh. I doubt we will, though. I doubt we will. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet at us. We are in the final stretch, and uh, it is uncomfortable. Again, we were sitting there, and you know, we talked to uh, Jim Kennedy, Kennedy Institute of Public Policy Research last hour. He's pointing out, you know, Fetterman is now behind. Uh, by two plus points. And that is something that, you know, many people thought, there's no way this guy's going to lose it. But the other night showed you that there was a lot of swing voters who were unsure of Fetterman before. And there are people out there now who are like, I don't yeah no 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 i don't think so i don't uh i don't think i could do this so we'll see even yesterday there was a hot mic and you get it's tough to hear the schumer
5: yeah
1: you can't barely hear it he said uh to, you know uh we're going down we're going down we're going down yeah you guys are going down You've run on abortion, which is, it came too early for you. That sounds weird, right? That it came too early, but it did. It came too early. It came way too early. You needed abortion to hit, say, I'm throwing it out there, a month ago, six weeks ago, but. You didn't have it. It didn't happen. It happened way too early. By now, people have moved on because they've seen their gas prices continue to to stay steady. They see inflation going up. And you can sit here and Biden yesterday, he's out there touting all the stuff of what's going to happen. It's a uh, But all the great things, all the great things. And now anything that happens from here on out, it's somebody else's fault. You've referred to the midterm election as a choice rather than a referendum. That's right. Given record inflation, why should voters choose Democrats?
5: Because it's not record inflation anymore. I'm bringing it down. Look what we inherited. I inherited 6.5% unemployment. It's down to 3.5%. We we lost about 600. We lost hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs. We've created over 600,000, 700,000 manufacturing jobs. Things are moving. As that report showed, you have people who are now in a position where the combination of pay raises and job security, they're now in a better off even with inflation than they were before it. Oh God, it's
1: it's nobody believes that, right? I mean nobody believes that six and a half percent unemployment. Well, yeah, but that was the number. That was the number because everybody was told to stay home. That was the number because people were told you can't come to work because of the pandemic. And some states across the country. Really went hardcore with that. California, New York, we're looking at. Other states, they just got on with their life. So you're bringing it down. Oh, yeah, you've got more money in your pocket. You do, except for more money's going out than it's coming in. People are making serious decisions in their life and, you know, yesterday, uh, my on-air partner and I, we argued about this, about, I still think abortion's going to be the big issue. I'm like, dude, abortion's not the big issue. It's not. He goes, I just have a feeling. It's not, because it's not on the ballot. It itself is not on the ballot. Voting for a person to be a piece of a puzzle is a long-term thing. How Roe v. Wade, if you if you guys follow the story of the long game that the the... The the evangelicals played with their lobbyist and living on essentially the same street that the Supreme Court was on just down the street and having uh, I mean, having their their offices there uh, right there and just literally just every day on the hill talking to people doing stuff. That was like a 40 year push. We live in a TikTok society that ain't on everybody's mind but you know what is the economy you know it was 40 years ago the economy the last time we saw mortgage rates this
0: high it was 2002 the u.s was reeling from the dot-com tech crash this time with mortgage rates above seven percent many americans are facing a difficult choice the cost of buying is too high but so is the cost of renting
1: which is wacky right but when you don't buy the homes right so you don't buy the homes uh, because you can't afford it. Well, those people then, who were going to buy potentially, they put themselves back in the renter category. Oh. So you're having pressure on renting. Last, uh, I think last year here in Arizona, the start of last year, I think it was like $1,500 for an apartment. It's now like $2,100, right around there. That's over a year. That's the average rent. People that were going to buy You know, and we're saving up for a down payment. The houses they're looking at now, they've been priced out of, not because of the marketplace itself. The price itself of the house may have come down even, but the cost of borrowing the money has put that home out of reach. Oh, oh, oh. People care about things like that. They do three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet at us text the program love hearing from all of you he has taken it over he he is now the dude at, at, at Twitter he is uh, he is the man he is the Twitter.
2: still unclear what twitter under elon musk will look like but he's already shaking things up and now that it's no longer a publicly traded company he'll have no shareholders to answer to which means he can run the company how he wants yeah
1: first thing he did you're out (laughs) right oh yeah he wandered in there and he just but those everybody had to know it was coming right like we all knew that once he got in there he was going to do his own thing And I didn't pay, everybody's like, why would he fire the CEO? Huh? Why would he do that? Because he gets to do those things. I didn't pay 44, I didn't overpay $20 billion on a company. So I don't get to be the head honcho. After months of will or won't he go through
8: with his original $44 billion deal... Billionaire Tesla and SpaceX owner Elon Musk has added Twitter to his portfolio and then
4: reportedly
8: fired the company's CEO and other executives. The Twitter transfer coming just hours before a deadline,
4: a Delaware judge set to finalize the deal or face a trial. It's not clear what, if anything, will change for Twitter's estimated nearly 400 million users.
1: Yeah. Now the question is simple. What does he do from here? There's a lot of things that they're talking about that he does from here that he's looking at. Turning it into something akin of mini YouTube slash TikTok slash uh, almost an Amazon where you can, you know, you can make it the, a communication area. You can make it a area where you buy things. Uh, the, he He's got ideas. He does. He's got ideas. We'll see if he pulls it off. Question is, is he going to get bored with it? Did you spend a ton of money and then eh, you're like, ah, this, uh, this was fun for a while, but I'm on to something else. You know, I'm still trying to put chips in people's brains. I'm still trying. Where, where is that line? Because that, to me, seems like something that he he, he might do. But the, of course, the big elephant in the room is, what are you going to do with Trump? What are you going to do with free speech? Uh, uh, uh. And I love the people on the left who are freaking out. It's like, we're going to leave. We're, you're not gonna, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go if you still want to communicate? Are you going to go to Parlor? Who owns Parlor now? Is that a, oh yes, this is it Kanye parlor Parler now? Are you going to go there? No, probably not. You're going to go to Truth? No. Are you going to set up your own? No. So where are you going to go? You're going to say I'm getting off Twitter and you're going to be off it for an hour or two and then you're going to come back to it. That's what you're going to do. That's it. Now, is there going to be some issues? Yeah, there probably will be. And, of course, the big debate is about mm, speech.
2: In a statement tweeted to advertisers, Musk says the reason he acquired Twitter is to have a common digital town square, but saying Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be
1: said with no consequences. And that's going to be the thing. One of the people he fired yesterday was the person who was kind of the safety person if you will, it's like I think that's one of the things legacy and safety and that person was the person who decided on, you know, who shouldn't be on here when it comes to the biggies, the the Trumps, the Alex Joneses and all of those things but I love watching people, well what about all the misinformation and disinformation what about it, it's going to be out there it's out there now what about people's whose opinions I don't like? Well, that their opinions. Again, You you're not guaranteed to like everybody's opinions. Do I think it could be a hellscape for a while? It's a possibility. I don't think so. I think a lot of people are going to worry, like many of these people, especially on the left. They freak out and they worry about something that never happens but I just don't think it's going to be the hellscape. You are just not going to like the fact that people are going to be able to push back and you can't run and freak out and say, take these people off. There's an opinion out there. I don't like that's what's going to happen. 323-538-2423 at Chet Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us, text the program Raycon, best earbuds around. You will love your Raycons. Absolutely love your Raycons. Uh, Really, it's the fit, but the style, the quality, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, when Ray J put this together, these earbuds for all this premium sound, he went to Snoop Dogg and Drake and to, you know, Cardi B and everybody, and he wanted his friends, hey, take a listen to this stuff. And it is the fit, it's comfortable, it's cool, it is all of the things that you want, right, if you're younger, and "Ah, it's about the hipness, but then when you put them on, it separates itself when it comes to premium audio because of the fit and the sound quality is second to none. They start well under a 100 bucks, and now is your chance to get the Everyday Earbuds and many other amazing things that they have on their site. So you go to buyraycon.com slash Chad with the Everyday Earbuds, 49,000 five-star reviews. That's huge. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life, under $100. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad now. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show.
0: You're listening to The Chad Benson Show.
7: Texas is among five states where pediatric hospital beds are topping 90% capacity. Another nine states are above 80%, the highest levels seen in two years, as a wave of respiratory viruses hits children hard.
0: It's really kind of a perfect storm of all of these germs coming together at once instead of their normal, organized, seasonal pattern.
7: A growing number of hospitals warning of the strain. The ER at Seattle Children's running at 200% capacity. And some kids are getting infected with more than one virus.
1: Yeah, the triple demic. It sounds like something that somebody pulled off on when they're ice skating. Oh, did you guys see that guy hit the triple demic? It was pretty awesome. It's, it's not. It's so you got COVID, which it, take that out from, from the kids' side of things, because that's a lot of what we're focusing on now. The flu, which can be dangerous for kids. And as we all know, it, it affects them a little bit different. And the RSV, and what are they saying? There's an immunity gap. And, and I'm sure right now, if you're listening to this, you have people around your office, or maybe it's even you, that you, you, you had a flu or something, and it kicked you in the grundle. Right? Square in the... How many of you were sick, though? And you're like, I'm not even going to test for COVID. I mean, honestly. <laughs> it's like My on-air partner, uh, my local show here, he is a hypochondriac. And uh, if anybody has the sniffles, you got COVID? I'm like, dude, uh, you're going to be fine. You know, I so said, you have like 12 shots. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know what else you're looking for. The triple-demic. And it's a real thing. So especially for the kids. My uh my kids go to like this little school. I live out in the middle of the Valley of Dirt People. If you knew the show, it's I call it the Valley of Dirt People. It's a small little town. And uh, they go to like a private school, but they're like four teachers are all sick. So the kids are home. And and it went through it went through their school like that. It was frightening how fast it went through their school. But the they didn't get too bad of it, but my you know, it, it it kicks you. It kicks you in the grundles. I had several buddies here at work uh, that have been, they were on their ass. They didn't have COVID, but they were feeling it. And what do they talk about? The immunity gap. Because we weren't participating in life. We weren't building up our antibodies. We weren't keeping them sharp. And because of that, now that we have this, we're out in public and we're living our lives again, when it becomes time for the season, This is what's happening. Ooh, that's not good.
6: Hey, you want to go somewhere? Well, you can. And guess what? They got a pass for that. Let's face it, flying has had its ups and downs since the pandemic. Now one airline is looking to put the fun back into taking to the skies. Frontier Airlines announced it will offer a year-long travel pass called Go Wild. Passengers who buy the pass can take as many flights that they want within a 12-month period. There are a few restrictions, like some blackout dates, and the all-access-to-destinations could be limited by bookings at some key airports. Also still unknown what Frontier plans to charge for the all-you-can-try-to-fly
1: pass. Yeah, so uh, 12 months. You can go anywhere they go. That's something else that you got to think about. It's like a buffet. You can go anywhere they go. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, it's 300 days a year is what they've kind of worked it out. So there's tons of flexibility. JetBlue has uh, offered all-you-can-jet pass. They did that once before, 30 days. Unlimited flights for six hundred ninety nine. With a cheaper $4.99 that excluded Friday and Sunday. So you could go into a place, let's say you wanted to go to, you know, Seattle for the weekend or Florida. You could fly in on a Thursday and leave on a Monday. Or leave on a Saturday if you're just gonna stay a couple days. If that was that was for 30 days, 499. I bet it'd be popular. 323-538-2423. 3, 3, 3, 20, Coming up, let's talk cartoons. What? Yeah, wait till you hear this. We're gonna talk about the Tuttle twins. What are they? And why are they so much different and so non Hollywood? Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show.
7: The Chad Benson Show.
0: independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: Uh, Hollywood is Holly weird for a reason. We call it that because, well, they're out of touch with mainstream. We see it day in and day out, and people are looking for alternatives. And for adults, you can find a lot of that uh, nowadays, a little bit easier than for kids. But somebody said, hey, we're going to do something about that, teach lessons and entertain. Joining us now is Daniel Harmon. He's the creator of the Tuttle Twins TV show. And my man, I love it. I love the books, by the way, but uh, what you've done with the cartoon is awesome. How'd you come about doing that?
4: So I've been a fan of the books for a long time. And I've been um, a friend of Connor Boyack, the author. And I, when he released the first book, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted as a kid something that teaches about values of. The, the Principles of the Rights to Life, Liberty, and Property. This is amazing. And I bought the book and immediately um, read it with my kids. They enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We bought every book since. And when the book series had kind of gained enough traction where they are doing in the tens of thousands of, of copies of the books, they started contemplating turning it into a TV series. And then my team and I approached them and said, hey, no, why don't we make it into a TV series uh, for you? Because I could... I had this idea in my mind of how we could make it a really fun adventure and have a bunch of comedy in it and teach these principles. But I really wanted it to be something that kids would choose to watch as entertainment, um, first and foremost, and that they'd be getting really great lessons along the way.
1: Which is what I I love, and you know it's it's interesting as 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 I've watched uh, some of it, and with my kids, I've got a four year old, but I also have a, 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 my son lives in San Diego. I've got a twelve year old, and I've got uh, two other step kids, and and it, it's first and foremost entertaining, and I don't think people understand that because while there's the message, Hollywood forgets that your first job was always to entertain, and that sense went away, and when people are looking for something not woke and wacky to be entertained. This first entertains and then there's a message.
4: That's right. That's right. We we're very much drawn inspiration from shows like Phineas and Ferb, the magic school bus, even the Simpsons, except North family friendly, um, veggie tales, those kinds of things are inspiring the, the creation of the show. And we feel like at the end of the day, it has to work as a story and characters that kids relate with. And if it does, they're drawn in that way, then ultimately the lessons will kind of win the day in the long run. So it, we all know like Spider-Man, right? The Tobey Spider-Man's from, from back in the day with great power comes great responsibility, right? Everybody can kind of knows that phrase, but because there was such a good story that went along with it. And that's kind of what we're trying to achieve with the show. But um, with principles and and lessons and values that are kind of being lost in in the school systems and in culture altogether, and we feel like this show has an opportunity to bring those to the forefront.
1: Talking to Daniel Harmon, a creator of a uh, Tuttle Twins TV show. So, for, so let's talk about. What it's about in so many ways before we get to how you guys actually brought it from, you know, the the books to to the people. uh, Explain everybody a quick snapshot of the Tuttle Twins themselves and what a lot of these books are about, like the
4: golden rule and whatnot. Yeah. So when Connor Boyack, the writer of the books, went to teach his kids these principles, he did a search online and on Amazon and came up empty handed for kids book that would teach about principles of freedom and liberty. And so he's like, okay, maybe I just should just make this myself. And so he wrote the first book and he had no idea it was going to become a series, right? He just wrote one that was based on Frederick Bastia's the law. So your rights to life, liberty and property. And he had such an overwhelming response from parents that were craving these kind of educational materials to um, help their kids with their education, either, um, you know homeschooling or public schooling to supplementing whatever it was they were so excited to get something like this he's like oh maybe i need to make another book and then he did one on the golden rule and it's continued on, and on where he's got ones on free trade and on entrepreneurship and on protectionism and on inflation and all these different economic and freedom concepts that they're not the kids aren't getting in other places and so That's kind of where the basis started for the teaching. The books do such a good job of distilling the concepts down in a way that kids can understand them, but adults are actually understanding them for the first time where the, where the parents are like, wow, like I've believed this all my life, but I haven't known how to really articulate it. And this is making it very clear and simple for me. And now I'm having a conversation with my kid about it. So he can, and he or she can see how that applies in the real world.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's and again, entertaining to go with everything else. Uh, talking to Daniel Harmon, creator of the Tuttle Twins TV show. So to bring it about, again, not in Hollywood. You guys wanted to do something completely different, and there is a movement afoot out there, uh, whether it's the Daily Wire, obviously, you know, uh, Angel Studios, where people are saying, you know what, I want to do something that is based in certain values uh, to give to people, and we're going to go around the Hollywood and, and put it out there for the people. And so how did that come about?
4: Yeah. So the traditional model for creating content in Hollywood is a few elite executives that make a decision about whether or not a movie is going to be made, right? Or a show. And what happens is, you know, Hollywood has its own bubble, right? They have their own culture and stuff. And that kind of leaks through and gets through into the content. And so you have a lot of more, I'd say, middle America um, that is being ignored, in, in the content that is being created. But Angel Studios, our distribution partner, has a model where people are able to crowdfund a given TV show um, in order to make it possible. It happened with The Chosen, where they ha- they raised over $10 million in order to fund the first season of The Chosen. And for people that don't know, that's a, um, a show about the life of, of Jesus Christ told, uh, told through the perspective of his followers. And they've just, they broke the record for the amount of crowdfunding for a media project. It was over, like I said, $10 million. And then we were able to follow, follow up that and do it with Tunnel Twins, where we said, okay, a show about freedom and economics. Yeah, um, Hollywood's probably not going to bite off on that. <laughs> None of the studios are going to just say, okay, yeah, we'll we'll take that on. And so we said, but we feel like there is an audience for it out there. We feel like there are families that are really craving this. And when we went to test it, We did a crowdfunding campaign and raised over $3.7 million, which was a record for um, a crowdfunded kids show. And that was what funded our first season. And again, we didn't have to wait on some Hollywood executive to green light that for us. Instead, the audience did. The crowd did. They were the ones that came in and said, we want to make this happen. And some of them were even saying, I don't even care if I make my money back. I just want to see this uh, materialized because as people crowdfund on this, on this particular platform, they are able, they're actually investors in the show. It's not like a Kickstarter, with the Kickstarter, you get like a free t-shirt or something along that along those lines for contributing. In this case, they're actually investing in the show. So when the show becomes um, financially successful, they succeed along with it.
1: Yeah. Which is amazing. And it's incredible. And, And again, they're also getting something out of it, which is spreading the news, free speech. I love watching, you know, when they went to Cuba, and you know, they're like, "Oh, this is a mm-hmm. paradise," and she goes, "Yeah, let us show you something here." And then they they flash forward, <laughs> yeah. and you start to learn that, hey, the 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 cab driver is a doctor because, well, the cab driver makes more. It's it's a sense of of reality in a way, again, that is entertaining, and yet it shows you, hey, look, uh, socialism, wokeism, this insanity, it's not what you think it is.
4: Yes. And the vehicle that we're telling the story through is the Tuttle Twins have a grandma with a time-traveling wheelchair. <laughs> and so she takes them back in time to learn from famous figures of history. She's gone back and, like I mentioned, uh, taken them to Frederick Bastiat to learn about the principles of the law, rights So, life, liberty and property. She's taken them to Ben Franklin. They go and learn from people like Harriet Tubman. They go and learn from... Um, Andy Turnbull Malone, the first African-American woman to become a, a, billionaire a billionaire in the United States. And they learned these principles through the perspective of these people who, who taught them and who lived them out. And it's a really fun way to do it. We're kind of using an adventure that's sort of sci-fi because there's time travel involved, but also some historical elements as they're going to visit these different figures. And it's just really fun for the kids to see.
1: So, what's next for the Tuttle Twins? Another season?
4: <laughs> well, that's a great question. So, what's next for us is actually the season finale of of season one. So, episode twelve is um is releasing here shortly and then we'll have a full season and release which we will have um uh, available on dvd and blu-ray and those kinds of things for uh for families and we're doing a bunch of merchant things along with that but yeah for sure we are that's what we're working towards we're working towards um a, a second season to continue the stories and and teach families more of these great lessons.
1: Now I want to get my listeners involved. I want everybody to check it out because I think it's a great thing. And, and, you know, uh, Eric July, they've got the, he's got his comic book out that sold crazy when everybody else is, you know, trying to go woke with Superman's gay fighting climate change and, you know, illegal immigration, uh, making it the end of the, it's time that we have real values and put some stuff out there that like, look, this is what the reality is. Don't listen to Hollywood. And I want to see more of this stuff and I want people to get involved, uh, uh, you know because it's 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 giving a perspective that we no longer teach if people want to get involved if people want to check out the Tuttle Twins what do they do
4: they go to tuttle so it's t u t t l e twins.tv um, that's uh, that's our website or they can download the angel app they search angel on the app store google play they will uh, find the angel app where Tuttle Twins is available for free you can watch the whole thing for free. We want to make this as accessible to kids as possible. We're playing the long game here. It's not about, you know, changing things overnight, but it's about looking 10, 15 years down the road when these kids are going out into their communities to affect change and, you know, be voters themselves and be leaders themselves. And that's that's what we're looking forward to.
1: Love it. Daniel Harmon, creator of the Tuttle Twins TV show. Appreciate you coming on today, man. And like I said, I, I can't wait to, to see the end, but I can't wait to, you know, hopefully there's a lot more coming forward. I appreciate you coming on.
4: Thanks for having me, Chad. 323-538-2423. 3,
1: 3, 3, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Chad Benson Show.
0: Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. You just can't let
5: them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. Beware the moonlights.
0: Whatever you do, don't fall
6: asleep.
5: What an excellent day for an exorcism. I am not Hi,
6: I'm Chucky Wanna Play. (laughs)
5: I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You know, it's Halloween.
3: I guess everyone's entitled to One Good Scare, huh?
1: Yes, you are entitled to One Good Scare. Brings us to number two on the list. And before we get to, I want to run down what we've been doing. It's the top 10 horror movies countdown here on the Chad Benson Show. And before we get to number two, I want to give you guys a recap of what we've done so far. All right. So start at number 10, the Universal Monsters. What they've done for Hollywood and what they did for really set Hollywood on a different path uh, was number 10. Trick or Treat number nine, Nightmare on Elm Street number eight, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Seven House of Thousand Corpses. Six Friday the Thirteenth. Five Halloween. Four Jaws was yesterday. Today brings us to a movie that, to me, maybe the most frightening movie, scary movie, because it felt real. Right? It just—it was something about it that was different. Again, you guys have your own, you know. uh, your own thing that you like or this that and the other but to me I love this and the genius of it and the the interesting part of it how it was put together is second to none and even how it was marketed number two on your horror movie countdown paranormal
2: activity
5: hi deaf camera on
2: my girlfriend Katie she thinks there's something
5: in the house I don't know you believe me right I think we're going to have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. I feel it breathing on me. footsteps in, but there's no footsteps out. Oh, God. Oh, my
4: God. If you do try to play games with it, that's inviting it in.
1: So, uh, what a movie. Orn Pelly did the movie. He directed it, wrote it, kind of, edited it, produced it. It was crazy. Production cost $15,000. Soak that up for a second. $15,000. That's not a lot of money. Who was this guy? How was he just able to do this? He was a computer software programmer. Uh... Nothing really else. Thought he wanted to do this. He had done some other little things here and there. In fact, if you've uh, played Mortal Kombat 3, uh, essentially he coded that entire game. But this was his house. The actors stayed at his house. While they filmed this. And it took about a month or so to film. They called him back for a few shoots here and there. But outside of that, it was put together on a shoestring budget. They ended up selling it. Steven Spielberg's company bought it. And they were going to take it and take the concept and kind of reshoot it and make it a bigger thing. He saw the movie and he said, don't touch a thing. Maybe change the ending. There are people out there that have seen the other ending. And how it went at, I think it was Fright Fest in Los Angeles when it first came out. but it didn't test well. and so they decided, all right, we'll change the ending. So they went back and they shot a new ending. It was no big deal. Again, it cost 15,000. The beauty of the way that they marketed this though, separates it. The, first of all, the movie is terrifying. You hear the, the part where they talk about the footsteps and footsteps. I, I, I don't want if you've never seen it, go see the movie. It is creepy, it's weird, it's subtle. Uh, But it doesn't drag on. And the little things of just being in a room sleeping and them filming, there's an eeriness about it. It is great. I love it. It is creepy. It is the way it's filmed is awesome. It is something that is, I I just, I I enjoyed the movie thoroughly and still do. When it comes on, we watch it. uh, And I love, love, love this movie. But the way that they, released it to the public, was fantastic. The movie itself cost $15,000. The budget for promotion was like 250000 And how did they do it? They never once showed any part of the movie during the actual commercials. They showed the audience reactions with the sound. It went on to gross $195 million. Oh, that is a win. It absolutely is. Spawned several other ones that came after it. Some of them were okay. Some of them were eh. Uh, But at the end of the day, it is number two on my list and still creepy as hell. Paranormal activity number two. Coming up Monday, the head honcho, the leader in the clubhouse. That is on Monday, which will be Halloween. 11 days left till the elections, the midterms. I'll be glad to get these things in the rearview mirror. Maybe we can actually start talking some policy. Fun show today, as always. You guys have an amazing rest of your day and weekend. And remember, have some fun, but be responsible about it. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? But all I'm saying. 323 538 2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. As always, Night Night Jack.
0: This is the Chad Benson Show.